Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and it's time to fire up the grill this week uh, with some of Ina's favorite barbecue dishes. But first, before we get into that, how is everyone? It's been a while. I had two weeks off. I took two weeks off, rather. The first week I had, I really did think I had COVID, or thought I had COVID. Um, I had this sort of like sore throat situation, and like fever, and chills, and body ache, and fatigue, all that good stuff. Um, And it lasted about two or, I don't know, like from two to four days, really. And And I don't know, man. I mean, a sore throat can really ruin your day. I mean, obviously no one wants to have a sore throat, but it's just like, it's one of my least favorite things. I don't think it's anyone's favorite thing, but it's just, it was like the first day and second day where my throat was like on fire and it sucked, but I am feeling better now. I took like a zillion at-home COVID tests and they all came back negative. Uh, And then after that, I went to New Hampshire for a week to visit Keon's family and celebrate uh, his brother's birthday and his nephew's birthday. So it's been... It's been a busy May, but I am back in the saddle, or back at the barbecue, back at the grill maybe, uh, is more fitting for this week. I decided to do, since it's kind of feeling like summer, you know, it's getting warmer, to do a little bit. I tried to look for just like some sort of summer episode, which I'm sure exists. You know, I I looked through maybe like four or five seasons on Discovery Plus, um, and I found this episode. So I say, I say we get into it. Let's not waste any more time. So this is Back to Basics, Season 9, Episode 8, and it's called Best Barefoot Grilling. So Ina begins. I'm Ina Garden, and these are some of my all-time best Barefoot Contessa recipes. First up, the barbecue, because this is all about grilling. Remember surf and turf? I'm making flattened whole chicken right on the grill, plus marinated grilled swordfish and juicy sliders. I've got foolproof tips on how to set up the grill. I'm making delicious grilled sweet corn. There are even ideas for a grilled salad and a grilled breakfast. How does that sound? So I'm on the hot seat, and I'm, and I'm ready to grill. I started laughing, because she does say, I'm on the hot seat. And I, I don't know why, when she said that, I just pictured her like sitting on top of a grill with like her ass on fire. I don't know what, why my brain went there. Uh, It should have been in the hot seat. And I even, I think I rewinded it a couple times to make sure she said on the hot seat. Um, But yeah, it made me laugh, that visual. I like grilling. I, you know, I feel like it's, it's a typical sort of like man, like manly primal urge to like, you know, be at the grill and like. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, but I don't really love it. It's hot. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy it. Keon and I grill, he grills definitely more than I do. Um, and we do a lot of uh, chicken on the grill. I really do, like, there is nothing better than grilled chicken on the grill. Uh, we do have a propane tank, though, and I know there's a lot of, um, you know, difference of opinions between coal versus propane. And I, I, I think, like, I, I'm not going to argue really, because I know that coal is superior. I know that, like, the taste you get with coal and sort of that smoky goodness is, it's unmatched. But the propane is fine. I mean, for what we do and for how how often we grill, it's perfect for us. And we do a lot of veggies. We have, like, one of those, um, like, a basket that you can put on the grill that you just, like, dump everything in. I really like that. 
Um, and we do some turkey burgers. Sometimes we'll do like an impossible burger or two, but that's pretty much the extent of our grilling escapades. But I do love a barbecue. I love a cookout. Like I'm, I'm not above like a hot dog and a hamburger. Um, it's just like, I don't know. There's nostalgia wrapped up into that. I love a footlong hot dog too. I haven't had a footlong hot dog in years. I feel like there's a place in Lawrenceville where I live in Pittsburgh that specializes in that. And Keon always wants to go, <laughs> but it looks like scary. I don't know why. It's probably nice. I just, you know, that's my own baggage. But maybe I'll visit at some point this summer. So the first thing Ina does is show us how to set up the grill. So she tells us, she's <laughs> she's like, uh, what does she say? I, uh, I almost do it. The, no, what is it? She tells us. She does it almost the same way every single time, which sounds like not a complete sentence, but it is, I guess, um, which is, you know, pretty standard stuff. She she uh, fires up the charcoal chimney, which is basically like a device where you put the charcoal in, but you have to put the newspaper, you crumple up some newspaper in the bottom, um, but not too much because you want it to light. And there are these like little slits in the bottom of the the charcoal chimney where you just light it with a match and then obviously you put like the briquettes on top um and she used of course the kingsford charcoal is there any other charcoal no um i feel like that's what my dad uses it's just like a trusty it's like it's like morton salt you know you don't question it it's always going to be kingsford i'm sure there are other brands but either way um so we fast forward to when the coals are ready and then she dumps them out into the grill. And that's that's pretty much it. I mean, it, there's not really, it's not rocket science, but there is some considerations, I feel, if this is like a first time grilling situation. Um, so next, Ina says, now we have to put something on the grill. Hmm. And she says, how does Tuscan lemon chicken sound? And I say, it sounds delicious. So we are in the kitchen prepping the Tuscan lemon, che- uh, lim- lemon chicken, excuse me. Um, and the first thing that Ina does is she takes the backbone out. I don't know why I get like really excited. Like it's not that I I get I just love watching Ina like really hack a chicken up. I don't know why it's just like, yeah, I'm like women can do anything. <laughs> it's just like it's exciting to me. So she is she's having actually a little bit of trouble with the backbone, but she tells us to just wiggle the knife around and it, it will eventually detach. And I think like at one point it wasn't. She's like or not. She's like, "Hmm." Uh, but eventually it does and she pulls out like another bone like she kind of like pops it in the middle i think it's like some something with the breastbone in order to lay it flat so finally that's finished and uh next up is some salt lots of salt says Ina to give it great flavor and then she puts it in a casserole dish and then it's out to the garden to pick some fresh rosemary her rosemary bush is humongous we grew rosemary, I think, last summer, and it was it was so much. It was like we're we're never going to use this much rosemary. We were like giving it away to our friends, um, but it is good to have on hand, of course. So she uh, snips a couple. She snips a lot. I mean, I feel like she only needed like two tablespoons, and she like took half the bush. But you know, it's a good visual. So we are back in the kitchen, and she's chopping up the rosemary and some garlic for the marinade. And then she throws in some lemon zest and lemon juice. And I will say, I was trying to differentiate if it was garlic that I was seeing, but I feel like more than a couple lemon seeds fell into that marinade. She wasn't using like a little like sieve over top of it. She was just like going at it like freestyle. I don't know. Someone's going to end up with a lemon seed there, but uh, you know, it's all good. 
So next she finishes up uh, the marinade with some salt, pepper, and olive oil, and then just pours it all over the chicken. I A pretty simple marinade. I feel like all marinades are pretty simple. As it's just like chopping and getting them together. But um, So next she is outside ready to grill the chicken. She oils the grill, which I always feel is dangerous. I know she probably uses some sort of like vegetable oil, but like it happens later in, in the episode, like because the flames just kind of like jump up because it's oil and fire. So I, I understand why she would do it, but there's there's oil on the chicken, too. So I don't know. I guess it's just like force of habit. So she talks about traditional Tuscan chicken. It has like foil wrapped around it and is typically like weighted down on the grill. But she just tosses like the ceramic casserole dish on top of it. And to me, I would say, wouldn't that burn? Like, I know the chicken is like, it's like the casserole dish, then the chicken, then like the grill. But like, I just feel like I would ruin my casserole dish. I feel like it was like $400 from like, you know, what's a what's what's a bougie white woman store? <laughs> One of those stores. Um, I, I don't know. But I, I was concerned, but Ina didn't seem to sweat it. So she also tells us not... <laughs> She also tells us to not dump the extra marinade juice on top of the chicken while it's on the grill. She says, otherwise, you'll find your chicken engulfed in flames, um, which made me laugh. I don't know why fire is funny because it's not funny, but um, I just pictured <laughs> like a 10 foot like flame in Ina's backyard. Um, so she cooks it 12 to 15 minutes on each side. And then she puts in a meat thermometer to check if it's 150 degrees and... It's finished, and she puts it on a cutting board with a piece of aluminum foil to sort of, you know, keep it warm and also get those juices back into the bird. And then she cuts up a lemon, or she cuts it in half and grills the lemon. I love this idea. I love any sort of, like, fruit that's grilled. I love, like, a grilled pineapple. Um, I feel like she's done, like, grilled peaches before, too. Maybe that was, like, an indoor thing. I don't know. Um, So she cuts up the chicken. It looks amazing. And drizzles uh, it with, like, the grilled lemon. It just looks so fabulous. I I am all about this dish. Um, but it is now time to move on to the next dish, which is Indonesian grilled swordfish. So I don't think I've ever had swordfish. I feel like I've talked about it at least maybe once. I don't know if I've covered another episode where there was swordfish. But um, so we start out with Ina in the kitchen. Of course, she's back inside. She's unwrapping a beautiful piece of swordfish. Uh, And then she starts the marinade, which is a third a cup of soy sauce, a quarter cup of canola oil, some lemon zest. And then she kind of, as she's, you know, prepping this uh, marinade, she tells us that this this recipe originated as uh, her friend Devin Frederick's recipe that was Indonesian chicken wings, which sounds, oh, no, no, Indonesian ginger chicken wings, which sounds amazing. I, I have a complicated relationship with ginger, but I feel like I'd be into that. Um, So she finishes the marinade with a quarter cup of fresh squeezed lemon juice and then um, a quarter, I guess like a quarter cup. I didn't, I just wrote like a quarter of fresh ginger, but I'm assuming a quarter cup. That seems like a lot though, but I think that's what it is. Um, Because she she goes on to tell us that when she first published this recipe that, that people were complaining about all the chopping of the ginger and the garlic. Oh my goodness. But I mean... A ginger is a pain in the ass because you have to peel it and um but I like I kind of like chopping as long as I'm not chopping for like 45 minutes I'm okay but um in order to sort of you know the remedy that Ina has for this is she pulls out her handy dandy mini food processor it's very cute um 
and she gives the garlic and ginger a little bit of a blitz and and she almost says like almost passive aggressively she's like there that's for all the people who didn't want to chop up ginger and garlic hmm and then she <laughs> then she puts it in the marinade um and the last thing that she adds is two tablespoons of dijon mustard sounds like a great marinade this is starting off great so now it is time for the swordfish uh and there's always that one part of swordfish that looks like it doesn't belong you know what i mean it's like that red spot it kind of looks like raw steak like beef um and i don't know what that is or why you keep it or why you i don't know it just feels like it should be cut out of the of the of the swordfish but that's that's just me um and maybe it goes away once it once it's cooked who knows um so she pours the marinade over the swordfish and then Ina is back outside with the grill and she says now comes the fun part where the fire department shows up <laughs> I don't know why she said that um because I mean she the next thing she does is put oil on the grill which does cause flames but I you know she's pr- she's a pretty good griller I mean if if Jeffrey was doing this I'm you know we we all know how Jeffrey is at the grill. Um, I just pictured like, like, like in a cartoon where like the atomic bomb goes off. That's like Jeffrey at the grill. But I feel Ina's grilling skills are, you know, don't downplay your skills, Ina, because you know what you're doing. Um, besides putting oil on that grill, I, that makes me nervous. But anyway, she puts the swordfish on the grill and uh, she says that she's going to cook it for about five minutes and then give it a flip. And she takes it off the grill, sets them on a plate and... Um, she says something like, you know, swordfish, white plate. I think we need to jazz it up a little bit. So she puts some fresh watercress on it. What is watercress? It looks like, I don't know. It, it's just like, it's not lettuce. I'll look it up later. But it, it's like, what, what does it taste like? When I hear watercress, I think of water chestnuts. I don't know why. When, and I don't really love water chestnuts. I like them just fine. You know, like if it happens to be in a stir fry or something... I can handle it, but they always surprise me, and they have such an interesting texture that I'm, uh, I just need to know what's in there. Um, so Ina wraps up, oh yeah, so she plates it, she puts a little squeeze of lemon on the swordfish, and Ina wraps up the segment by saying, whoever said fish was boring doesn't know what they're talking about, <laughs> which was funny. Um, so next, Ina gives us, I thought this was going to be like a whole segment, but it's really only like two different tips. It's like some rapid fire grilling tips. So the first is for chicken and ribs, and the key to, uh, you know, grilling very moist and succulent chicken and ribs is to tell it, she says, keep the temperature low and the coals in one even layer. So there's that. And then for the tuna, she says to um, brush the tuna with olive oil and then put it on a searing hot grill for two minutes on each side, and you'll have perfect tuna every time. And that was it. I thought there was going to be more to that segment, but that's uh, that's all there was. So next, Ina starts a new segment by saying, why does grilling always have to be about meat and fish? There are so many things that are delicious on the grill, like corn on the cob. Uh, so she, I, which I've never done. I've never done this. I have, I like corn on the cob. Let me just start by saying that. I just feel like it's too much, too much fuss, you know? I, I don't really love the work, <laughs> like, peeling and, like, husking it. And then, like, especially if someone else prepares it, like, you got to clean it. You, I, I don't want to, I don't want a little, you know, what are the, the silk of the corn, like, in my teeth. Like, I if I do it, I'm going to do it right and really get all that off. But I, I do think it's, 
it's always worth it in the end. I do love sweet corn. Like it's definitely a quintessential like summer picnic thing, but I don't know. I, I like it the way that Ina makes her confetti corn, which we're going to get to in a second here. So she tells us how to um, do corn on the cob on the grill. So she says she peels the husk all the way down to the root, like almost to the root, if you call it that. I don't know if it's called the root, but the bottom. And then she peels the silk off of the corn and then she brushes the cob with some melted butter and then sort of like folds the husk back up to just like wrap it up again. But it's okay if it's like loose. Um, and then she puts it on the grill for 20 minutes, turning every five minutes, which, I mean, we all know how I feel about turning stuff. It, it annoys me. But, you know, if I'm like standing at the grill with a beer, I think if I was grilling, I would want like a co-pilot. You know what I mean? I feel like it could be a very solid like solitary endeavor I, I would want like a friend near me to get me like a drink or just like chit chat so I guess it wouldn't be so bad uh, with this corn but anyway after that um after it's all done she peels back the husk sprinkles the corn with some salt it does look good I mean I would eat this um I just feel like I think one of the things I talked about with corn on the cob before is just like it's not it's like eating ribs like you're always gonna look crazy eating it and it's going to get everywhere. There's no way to do it like delicately. But like with the right company, it's fine. It's just but like if you're at a picnic and with people you don't know and you're just like chomping down on this corn on the cob and it's going everywhere and it's in your teeth. I don't know. Um, it's still delicious, though. So next, uh, I lost my place in my notes here. OK, so she says, I love corn on the cob, but I have a corn recipe that's even better. And you don't need dental floss afterwards. That's my kind of recipe. And this is where we get into confetti corn. So she starts by cutting off all the corn on the cob. I think it's, I guess it's not cooked at this point. Um, and I love this. This is the way my grandma Kachanov used to do it because she had false teeth and she didn't want to like lose her teeth. But like, I do feel like it's so, I don't know. It's just like such a nice little treat especially if you don't have to do it yourself like if someone cut it for you I just think like it's a more elegant like clean way to do it um is just kind of chopping off the kernels and then cooking it in some other form or fashion but uh she puts all the kernels into a container and then shows us the rest of the ingredients which are chopped red onion uh some bell pepper and then she has this sort of like herb medley it's like two two tablespoons total but it's made up of chives, basil, and parsley. So there's that. To me, that's like kind of an annoying request because I would go out and buy basil, chives, and parsley and have like so much left over and they'd end up like rotting in my refrigerator. I can never use herbs fast enough. I can never like think of anything, but uh, you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a me problem. But Ina takes, where am I here? Oh, she takes everything out to the grill uh, along with a big skillet and which she places on top of the grill. So she sautés the red onion, and then she puts in the orange bell pepper, and then it's time for the corn. Um, and she throws in some butter as well too. That's crucial. I mean, you gotta have, you gotta have the butter with the corn. Uh, so she sprinkles some salt and pepper and cooks it for a little longer before she finishes it off with that sort of herb medley that I just mentioned. And she says, and that's it. <laughs> and then at the end of this, she says. I've even made panzanella on the grill before. How cool is that? And I thought that was just like a throwaway line. You know, I, I didn't know <clears throat> where we were going, but it's it was intentional. It's like a segue because now we're going to talk about the grilled panzanella. So she shows us um, 
the panzanella, which starts out with grilling some red bell peppers and some yellow bell peppers. She mentions, she mentions some onions, but I don't think I saw them on the grill. They, I think they're red onion, maybe. Um, and then she tumbles some chopped bread onto the grill to crisp them up. It's not like bread squares. It's almost like it's almost like a, a mini baguette, but like chopped into slices. Um, they're they're cute. They look really yummy. Um, but I feel like bread is so tricky on the grill. You have to like watch it like a hawk because it can burn like so easily. Um, so essentially, I mean, panzanella is great because it's just kind of like a one, almost call it like a one pot meal, but it's like a one bowl meal. You just put everything in there. She throws in some cucumbers, some tomato, basil, capers, and then she finishes it off with a mustard vinaigrette. And uh, she says, this salad is a real winner. And indeed it is. It looks amazing. So where are we next? So she says, now I'm going for something really different. Breakfast on the grill. So she says, I, I did a big pan of hash browns. And she has this, oh, this is so funny. She has this like southern twang all of a sudden. She's like, I did a big pan of hash browns. It's like so odd. She goes like full like... um Reed Drummond, <laughs> like the pioneer woman in that moment. It was just very weird. It, it was like this like extra kick of personality and twang on the word browns, hash browns. Um, if you watch this episode, you, you'll hear it. It was just, it made me giggle. So she also grilled up some tomato kebabs, which I mean, ugh, oh, I've talked about it before. Roasted tomatoes on its own is not my favorite thing. I just feel like they, I don't know, they're like eyeballs. They just get really gross and like squidgy. And I, I like I like it, but like I kind of wish it was part of, I wouldn't want to just eat a tomato kebab. Would I eat it? Yes. But would I, would I be like salty about it? Maybe. <laughs> um, but anyway, she also grills up some uh, breakfast sausages. And she even made a big skillet of scrambled eggs too, which looks so good. And... Um, she that's kind of it she kind of just says like how fun is that um I would never think to do uh breakfast on a grill I feel like it's like a camping thing like I would never really like say like if I have a stove I'm not going to go outside but I think it's like a fun sort of twist as well to really showing the versatility of the grill so now it's on to the grand finale which are sliders Ina says they're my favorite and I bet you can't eat just one I mean, I agree, Ina. I, I love sliders. I'm always excited to see a slider. I love like a pulled pork slider. I love like a, a fried chicken slider. Um, but really, I mean, the classic is a hamburger slider. It's just perfect. And I can eat like 14 in one sitting. They're just so, so good. Um, so she cooks the burgers on the grill or she puts them on the grill and cooks them at four minutes, on, four minutes on each side. And she shows us what the you know, the burgers made of, which is ground beef, some olive oil, some Dijon mustard, fresh garlic, fresh thyme, and some salt and pepper. So, you know, it's a slider with the volume turned up, and we would expect nothing less from Ina. Uh, and she gives all the meat, like a big stir with a fork, and she said to not compact the beef. And I can't remember, like, the reasoning behind that. She said, I don't know, because like she said, one of the like biggest mistakes people can make is like you're, you're smashing, you know, you're really kind of compacting the meat. I guess maybe it's, you know, if you let it breathe a little bit, it's a little bit more, <laughs> I almost said fluffy, but I, I don't know. It, like, I don't necessarily mind a dense burger, but what she did say 
and I, I try not to do this as well as when people just like smash the skillet on top of the burger and like all the juices flow out because that's like the good stuff. Like why would you ever want to get rid of that? So that's probably the, the best tip that I can impart on anyone is just like leave the meat, do their thing. Uh, don't don't smash it. So uh, she forms them into sliders and then we're back outside at, at the grill. And uh, oh, I love this. She sprinkles each of the sliders with a little bit of Gruyere. Ugh, yum. I mean, Gruyere is... It's probably my top five, maybe even in my top three. Um, I've been buying like shredded Gruyere from Aldi. Ugh, it's so good. I And it's just like so gooey. It's perfect. And the buns that she uses for these are like little mini brioche buns, which are so cute. I, I, I just love like small foods, any sort of like finger food I'm always on board for. Um, and then she also has some arugula as well. I Arugula is fine. In general, I'm not necessarily like a pepper guy by any means. So like the fact that that's the main draw of arugula, it, it's like it, it really does have that peppery punch, which I I would rather have um, maybe like a butter. What, what is it called? Butter lettuce? Bib lettuce? Yeah, something like that. Um, I, I don't I don't think I would love arugula, but it's fine. I, Ina, I know Ina loves it. I feel like Ina's... How I feel about arugula is how Ina feels about cilantro. But I feel like Ina would never eat cilantro, where I would I would eat arugula if it was in front of me, but I'm not really... I'm not too excited about it. So uh, she picks up a slider and says, so that's everything I know about grilling. Have a wonderful time. Oh, that's the end of the episode. Wow, that flew by. Um... So, I mean, she she banged out a lot of things in this episode, too. Like, it almost reminded me of one of those, like, earlier episodes where she had, like, she made, like, 18 things in 30 minutes and she's, like, running around like a crazy person. But this was fun. I feel like we covered a lot of different meals. We had breakfast. We had sliders. We had, you know, fish. And we also had chicken as well, too. So we really, I really feel like we covered it all. And I hope that, um... I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope you had a wonderful time, as Ina said. So I guess that's it for this week. So thank you again for listening, everyone. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Chanov. And you can find me on my other two podcasts, actually. Uh, The Best Supporting Podcast with Colin Drucker, which I talk about every week. But I'm actually doing a limited time. um, If for anyone who's interested in RuPaul's Drag Race, um, that was my first podcast I ever did with my friend Amanda. uh, And that podcast is called The Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour. And we are... We are digging it up. We are revitalizing it and bringing it back for a limited time because All-Star 7 is upon us, and it's an all-winner season of Drag Race. So lots to talk about. It's so much fun. So if you're into that, um, go listen to the Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour. We're releasing episodes every week. So I guess that's it. So thanks for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.